Welcome to the Inspiration Contagion podcast, where we spread inspiration one story at a time. I am your host, Holly Jean Jackson. Each episode spotlights and interviews one transformational leader, their stories, and their advice for how you too can lead yourself and others through inspiration. If you are a visionary seeking to uplevel your leadership skills, then this is the podcast for you. I invite you today to spread inspiration like a contagion. Welcome to the Inspiration Contagion Movement. Welcome to episode 40 of the Inspiration Contagion podcast. This week's guest is Aaron Mack. Aaron is a business coach and workshop facilitator. So welcome, Aaron. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's so great to have you here. So Aaron, would you tell us a little bit more about your background and your story? Uh, Okay, so um, I, let's see. So I was, um, I've, I've been an entrepreneur for 21 years. I sort of by a fluke, which I don't really actually believe in now, but at the time I threw this business together thinking, oh, you know, I'll just kind of do this thing and see what happens. And it completely took off. And um, prior to that, I had moved to uh, Hawaii so that I could have a simpler life. And, um, and I had um, been having some emotional uh, difficulties. I had gone through some pretty major counseling and um, had created a, um, an anxiety disorder. And um, we can talk about how I created it and how I know that it's created by myself and others um, a little bit later. But so that's what prompted me to move to Hawaii and find a different life. And I thought that it was going to be the location that made everything um, simpler. I come to find out that in my mind it was busy. And so I just kept creating things over and over again that were stressful and emotionally challenging and, um, you know, went through a few um, marriages and divorces and landed about um, two years ago, no, three years ago um, in this really um, low place. And I had been doing self-development for a decade. I had gone to all these seminars. I worked for a seminar company. And um, I just couldn't take all the information that I had used and put it into my life at the moment. I was just so distraught. And uh, for some reason, I was called to uh, uh, this book. And as I was reading the book... It was the experience was that the words that were like in bold that kept coming out were you're meant to be in joy. You're meant to live a life in joy. I literally would read it. It was a book that has, um, you know, a passage that you read every day for a year. And every time I would read the passage, all I could see in bold was these words, joy meant to be in joy. And I thought, this is a very strange experience. Um, And as it were, I, um, because of the other seminar company that I was involved in, they um, had introduced me to Mike Dooley, who was a contributor to the book, The Secret. And um, he had sent an email saying that there was a, um, there was a workshop coming up. And, um, I signed up to go to the workshop without even knowing what it was about. And I flew to, um, Oahu to take the workshop. And then when I got there, it was a workshop on the visualization process. And, um, I went home and there was a bunch of things going on in my life. My business that I had had for 18 years was, had been for sale for six months with no offers. My broker was asking me, um, to consider lowering the, lowering the price, but I was clear that it was going to happen at the price that I had put it on the market form. And, um, as I said, I was, I was going through a divorce and I was in a low place. And, um, so I went to the seminar, I came back, I used the tools, the visualization tools and everything in my life just completely lined up. 
I had, when I came back, I was so inspired. I called my broker and I was like, listen, I just want to let you know, my business is going to sell by the end of the month and there's going to be bidding wars. And he was like, (laughs) "Um, okay, I have, he had no place to put that information. Um, And so he, and then a week later it went into bidding wars. My business sold. Um, A few weeks after that, I went and trained under Mike Dooley and I started teaching his courses, uh, Infinite Possibilities. And, um, and that's when I realized what my path was. My purpose was to, um, inspire others to find their joy. And, and then as it were, several months later, I figured out not only how to find my joy, but how to cultivate it on a daily basis. And so that is what I teach people, um, typically entrepreneurs, because having, you know, being one, that's who I relate to. (laughs) So that was a long answer, but yes, that's what I'm about. No, that was perfect. I love the infinite possibilities piece, the visualization work. And I love that your vision is to help others find their joy and keep it. And I know, especially for entrepreneurs, that's important because when we're not in a place of feeling joy or passion or excited about the business we're building or the business we're scaling, it can be quite difficult. So it's really important to keep our joy Otherwise we get burnt out or overwhelmed. So that's beautiful that you do work with, like that with entrepreneurs. So Aaron, I wanted to ask you, cause this is inspiration <clears throat> contagion. What makes you an inspirational leader or what's your secret sauce? So, um, you know, uh, tailing onto that story that I just told, um, what I recognized um, shortly after all of the, what I just explained to you was that um, I was uh, a thinker and, you know, a constant, you know, constantly thinking, constantly in um, uh, panic mode uh, or fight or flight or whatever you want to call those things. And I recognized um, through the process of basically starting over, you know, I had my business for 18 years once it sold and I decided to go in this different direction and, you know, try and, and inspire people and lead a life that was inspirational, um, there was some holes in that. And so I um, had some life-changing events happen when I read a couple of books. One was a reread and the other one was um, the first time I had had it, although I had possession of the book for at least a decade and I was afraid to read it. <laughs> and um, through those books, what I recognized was that the thinking that I was doing had zero, it was of zero use to any circumstance. Basically, what I was wanting to create was a different experience in my life. And um, the overthinking brain doesn't allow that. It basically pulls from the past and then Um, tells you that everything or has you believe that everything is um, everything is the same. Like every scenario is the same. Every uh, circumstance is the same. And so when you live your life that way, then it is the same, even if it's different people. And so, you know, in terms of relationships, that's why we continue to have the same relationships with people is because we do relationships one way. And so when I was able to recognize this piece through um, being inspired by these books and learning some new tools, I was able to quiet my mind to the point where I could let inspiration come in. And so a lot of the times when I'm working with clients, it's about how do you quiet the overthinking mind so that you can let in what's supposed to be there, um, And right now, as it were, I'm writing a book um, on, uh, I don't have the title solidified yet, but the gist is that the addiction to anxiety and overwhelm um, and what that looks like in terms of the mind-body connection, what you're doing to um, continue to release the hormones that you do when you keep experiencing life the same way and overthinking things and how the strategies and tools on how to quiet the mind and begin to change that because I believe that change happens in three steps. One is awareness that something is not okay and you need to move on. 
The second is strategies and tools. And the third is the practice piece. While it is, you know, simple, the tools and the strategy, it's not always easy to rewire the brain. And so that's where the inspiration comes from is when you can quiet the mind and let um, the purpose in. Yeah. And it's really, I'm, I'm actually quite interested in reading your book on that addiction oh. to anxiety and overwhelm, because I feel like these days people are more addicted to overthinking, which leads to that addiction of anxiety and overwhelm than ever. And I don't know if it's tied to social media or I'm sure you have insights on that, but um, it's so important that we learn to quiet the mind. I, I'm noticing during COVID people are you know, numbing out through Netflix or staying really busy, but that's not the solution because then they're not implementing the right practices to make change and transformation. It's really about getting quiet. And that takes a lot of time and strategy and practice to make happen. Yeah. Quieting the mind as easy as that maybe sounds <laughs> for somebody <laughs> like me having been there. I mean, that was, I think, I believed, and I believe most people believe this, that they are their mind, that they are their emotions and their thoughts. And the reality is, is we are not our thoughts and our emotions. And the reason I know that is because if you can recall your thoughts and your emotions, who is it that's recalling them? So that makes the separation between those two things. And one of the things that I do with a lot of my coaching clients is create that separation, the idea that you are the spectator of what's going on. So, you know, the visual I try to get them to think is, you know, think of you, many you that's like two inches tall inside your brain, in the middle of your brain, looking out through your eyes as though you're watching like a tennis match and just see what's going on. And when you can create that space, that space gives you the time to respond versus react. So then we slow down that process of this person or that situation is making me feel this way. It's like, no, this situation is happening outside of myself and inside of myself, I get to dictate the response versus being in reaction all the time. So it's the slowing down of what's happening in a life so that you can see it for what it is versus, um, you know, using that piece that I was talking about before, which is using your history to dictate the future. Now you can be, begin to be in the present and create from there versus the past. Yeah. And that's such a great reminder for people that we are not our emotions. We are not our thoughts. And for those of us that are anxious or addicted to anxiety and overwhelm, that means that the awareness piece is where we realize that when we start having those negative thoughts, those anxious thoughts, we don't have to react by going down that spiral. We can actually distance ourselves and realize, oh, wow, this is a pattern for me. I am aware that I'm experiencing some anxious thoughts and I can choose something else. And so, like you said, that separation is so important and being more of the observer, kind of a Buddhist tendency is really empowering because it allows us to have spaciousness and to pivot that mindset pretty quickly. I love that. So Aaron, I'd love to hear from you. What does inspiration mean to you? Inspiration is, let's see, how do I, for me, the experience is when, and maybe this is a little woo-woo, but when something speaks to my soul, right? So that moment where like all, all is right in the world, you know, where I um, am so in alignment with whatever the information is that I'm taking in and however I'm taking that in and understanding that it's a re-knowing, right? So it's, we were, you know, from a, from birth meant to live this life of joy and tap into the deepest knowing of ourselves. And we distract us ourselves with all of these things. And, um, and so one of the rituals that I do every morning is I read something that speaks to my soul, um, from there are several books that I choose, um, that, that do speak to my soul. And I, 
I can't help but have a day of alignment when I start that way. Um, aside from the other practices that I do, which are visualization and meditation, um, this, the part that speaks to your soul, I think why it does that is because it allows us to be in community with somebody else, knowing that we're not the only ones that feel this way and that that re-knowing assures us that that all is is okay right here and right now. I love that. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense because if we're not defined by our emotions and our thoughts, that's not who we are. There's something else. So you can call it a soul. You can call it something else, whatever you want that to be for you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really having that faith and that knowingness inside that this is what I'm meant to do and things feel aligned. Things feel peaceful. It feels quiet. It feels empowered. I also love that you shared that you have a way you start your day with things that speak to your soul and visualization. I also use meditation, affirmation work and visualization every morning. And I read like um, a short excerpt from this mindfulness book that has like one page every day you can read about something that's really powerful for being mindful in life. And I agree when I have my morning routine, my day is amazing. The few days where I am off track and I skip those, I do not have a great day because I'm not aligned. I'm not listening to my soul and I haven't started my day on the right foot. It's kind of like medicine for the soul starting every morning that way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and even so the visualization process that I teach and that I've learned was really about less about, I mean, it's definitely a visualization process. So you are visualizing something, but it's more about what will it feel like when you have all the things that you said that you wanted and the feeling piece is really the momentum piece. And so when you start your day in that place, like how could you have a bad day, right? Because if you're thinking day in the life, everything you ever wanted, and that includes all the stuff, I'm a hundred percent all in on abundance in every way, shape or form. Um, But also, you know, I think when we get to the end of life, we're not thinking, I wish I had amassed more money or more things. I think we're really thinking, I wish I'd have more deep, meaningful relationships with the people that I love or just with everybody, right? And so, you know, imagining not for the, or visualizing and imagining not for the purpose of creating all the stuff. And again, love all the stuff. It's all in my visualization. Um, but recognizing that it's the feeling piece that we're looking for and that's the cultivation piece. So I found in my journey, I found joy through the visualization process. I was like, Oh my, like I would get so into my visualizations to have that emotional experience, because that, again, is what I think is the most important piece of that, that I would like, you know, I would like be in tears of joy and like, like I raise my arms. I'm like, yes, yes. I mean, how could you not be in that higher vibrational state when you're just like, yes, this is happening. Yes, I have all those things. And, um, and then again, like, how could you not have an amazing day if you're not start, if you're starting from that place, there's just no way to not like make it happen, you know? Yeah. And that's an important reminder that when we are visualizing that future goal, uh, those future things, it doesn't have to be physical things. It could be impact you have on people's lives. It could be that really intimate relationship with a partner or just intimate relationships all around the world. It is so empowering when you feel that. And when you tap into that, it just makes everything that for that day exciting and motivating. And even the tedious things or the mundane things, because they're getting you closer to that goal, you're excited because you're living that end goal today. And I feel like for a lot of people, sometimes their big goals are so far removed that it's hard for them to grasp that today. So that's why visualization is so powerful because it allows us to tap into that future state and live from that future state so that creating it is much easier and there are fewer obstacles. So Aaron, oh, go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say, you know, isn't that what we really want? It's not the things that we think we want, right? It's the how we're going to feel when we have the things, right? So why not feel that way now today and, 
you know, and the things come or they don't come and who cares, right? Because <laughs> you're having a great experience. Yeah. And I mean, I guess another way to put that is if you're living your purpose every day and you're visualizing and feeling that achieved purpose every day, how can you not have a great day and how can you not have joy? Yeah. I think, you know, of course our society, we sort of, I think we just got it wrong a little bit, you know, like I love nice things too. Uh, Love them. Great. Um, but you know, the things that make the memories, the like things that make you feel good, aren't, isn't the stuff, isn't the, you know, I'm going to feel better when I get to that destination, uh, piece, you know, and, you know, talking about addiction, like we're really like the society often is very addicted to, because that's all we saw, right? Every commercial, everything is like, you know, when you have the car, then you're going to be successful. When you have the money, then you'll be successful. When you have the girl, the guy, whatever, then you'll be successful. And the reality is, is um, success, the idea of success that we've sort of been fed um, is, uh, has little meaning. It's, it doesn't speak to the deepest part of us. And, um, and I think that's kind of, if I'm not mistaken, what we're all sort of looking for is that happiness, joy, peace. And, um, and it's not in the stuff, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, and that's a perfect segue to my next question. So, so Aaron, how do you define success for yourself and how did you arrive at this definition? Um, I don't use that word very often um, because it has a strange, you know, for me almost, well, I don't believe in positive or negative or right or wrong. Like, I don't believe those exist. Um, we are in, in, the only thing we are in control of is us and how we respond to this life. And so, you know, if there's somebody that does something that I'm not interested in, um, I I don't see that as right or wrong. I just see it as different. Um, And so in terms of success, um, I, for me, if I can impact, if I can live my best life by uh, quieting my mind, being in response versus reaction and inspiring others to do the same so that they can find and cultivate their joy, then to me, that is the ultimate, um, you know, every time I get off a client call, I just, I feel like I couldn't be any more in my purpose. And to me, that is like amazing. And when I think of building my business, the business really looks like, how can I impact more people to live their best life? in whatever that looks like for them um, and find their joy and be able to cultivate that regularly and have those deep, meaningful relationships and, and the stuff too. Like, why not throw it all in? We deserve it. You know? Yeah, we do. I love that. That's a beautiful definition of that. So Aaron, on the way to figuring out the joy and the success and all of that, there are typically challenges and obstacles. So what are some of the challenges and obstacles that you faced along your journey to finding that joy? Yeah. So I'd alluded to the, um, the anxiety disorder that I created. Um, and this might sort of agitate some folks, uh, because a lot of people, um, ascribe to, you know, anxiety disorders being something that is out of their control or genetic or whatever the circumstances. And, um, I want to say that it's not about blame, like where does, you know, uh, but the two tenets that I teach from are this one is that your dominant thoughts are what create your reality. If you believe that's true, which I don't think is a stretch for most people, you think and think like, I want to get my degree in college. So you think and think and think, and you do all the stuff and you get through college and you get your degree, right? So we do it all the time, unaware. The second piece of that is if one is true, if your dominant thoughts create your reality, then two is Um, taking personal responsibility for what you've created. Now, taking personal responsibility to some folks is very challenging because it it goes to blame for them. And this is not a blame thing. This is an empowering thing. This is 
if that's true and I am responsible for creating what it is I have in my life, then I can uncreate the things that I do not like and create what it is I do want. And so what I know now is that um, the anxiety disorder came up because I was in a counseling situation and um, I have zero issue with counselors. The issue I have is that the subconscious brain does not recognize what is happening at this moment and what has happened in the past. So when you recall stories and in counseling, you're typically recalling trauma and bad things, right? Um, or bad seeming things. And you continue to tell the story over and over again, the subconscious mind thinks it's happening all over again. And so what happened and how I created my anxiety disorder was through that process of going over and over and over again on all the things, you know, all the hurts and the traumas and the, you know, they did me wrong and all that stuff. And typically when I work with a client, one of the very first things I do is I ask them to tell me my story, which everybody tells you all the junky stuff. (laughs) And then I say, okay. The first lesson is you don't get to tell that story again. I don't ever want to hear you say it aloud. I don't want you to say it in your mind anymore. I don't want you to agree with somebody else who's had that story. You know, we like to get in community with people or bond through our, um, our bad stories, right? Like, oh, I was abused too when I was a kid or I was, you know, whatever, wronged this way when I was a kid or bullied or whatever. And, um, So what happens is when you stop that story, you begin to see that that story, again, is not you. It's it's an event that happened or several or series of events that happened, but it's not you, not the deeper essence of who you are. And when you continue to relate to yourself through that story, then that story lives on. And that story, you do not deserve that story. That That story does not... Um, empower you to create the future that you want. And so through all of the work that I've done, I recognized that that anxiety disorder came through because of that story over and over and over again. And, and not telling that story, uh, you know, if you asked me what the story was, I could tell you the story, but because I've not said it in so long, the distance between that story and myself I'm not connected to it anymore. It doesn't have any energy for me anymore. And that's where people need to get because, again, you're not your emotions. You're not that story. And you don't have to be that story. You don't have to refer to it to be okay. Actually, it's it's when we don't that we get to the joy piece. Yeah. And that, that actually explains a lot um, <laughs> as you were explaining the therapist and the process of repeating stories and repeating the stuff that's happened to us. It really explains a lot for, I imagine, a lot of people that are listening. And and stories are so powerful, right? They really take root in us and they plant these deep seeds. And so I love your approach of recognizing those stories, those patterns you want to break, those things that you're not happy with in your life, and then getting distance from that story. Don't repeat it in your mind out loud. Don't relate to it until, like you said, you have that distance. And it's like you're telling somebody else's story because there's no energetic pull in it. And I think this is so important is, you know, what stories are you repeating in your life that you want to get rid of and then identify it one last time and remove it so that you can get that distance and create a new story so that you can take empowerment and, and ownership of your future. So I love that, Erin. That's really great. I absolutely believe that, you know, the premise of my book, the addiction to anxiety and overwhelm lies in that piece right there it's pulling again from that story from the past and thinking that that's who we are, you know, and, and recreating that, whatever the, you know, whatever the underlying belief was that we decided about ourselves at a young age. Um, and I'll tell you, I believe that everybody has the same one, which is I'm not good enough. I don't deserve, I'm not lovable. Um, we all got that message. Even, I've had students in my classes that had wonderful childhoods where their parents were, you know, very balanced and 
it was a wonderful thing. And they're still struggling with this piece. So I think it's just part of the human condition that we don't believe that we're good enough and it's okay. And uh, when we recognize that and can use tools to rewire the brain to understand that that is not who we are, the deepest essence of who we are, then we can let in actually who we are. Mm, yeah, that's beautiful. So Aaron, I was wondering if there's a story of inspiration that you're known for that you can share with our listeners. Oh boy, a story of inspiration. Um, I think, you know, just, so the reason that I became a business coach was because the sensation that I had when I was running my business was that I was literally running around every day, putting out fires all day long. And, you know, part of that is what we've already talked about this whole, like thinking, overthinking, you know, being in reaction to things all, all day long, every day. And when I recognize that, um, it doesn't need to be that way. I mean, and as you know, I'm sure in your coaching business, the, the people who are attracted to me are the same people that are me right in a, in a different version. And so what ends up happening is that I get this incredible honor of paving the way for the entrepreneurs that are, you know, that I speak to personally, um, that, you know, align with me or, you know, are attracted to my vibration or however, or my energy or whatever you have, you want to put that. I get to walk them through the process of slowing all of that down and doing business differently and being aligned and being in the flow. And then, you know, getting the advantage of, you know, the pieces, you know, the reason that we start businesses, which is really about, you know, time flexibility and being able to dictate your income. I mean, that's what being an entrepreneur is about. And I get to walk these people who are, you know, we're just like me that are running around feeling like they're chicken with their head cut off all day long, dealing with clients and employees and all the stuff. And I get to be that like hour of, of, um, calm and slow down for them. And then I get to just walk them through this path of how do I experience this, you know, business life? Cause as you know, you can separate business and personal all you want, but they're the same. <laughs> and so, you know, just walking them through this process of slowing down and quieting the mind and being in alignment and, helping them um, experience this life very differently. Life is going to go on however it does outside of us and, you know, and how we experience it. That's the thing that we can actually control. Everything else is, you know, it's going to happen how it happens and, you know, we can move energy in different directions, but um, we don't, we don't get to control any of that. Besides which, you know, I believe that, you know, oh, universe, God, whatever, you know, looking down is really a topographical view. It's like, it feels like I'm in the trenches right now, but just around the corner, like an hour away or a day away or a week away, a whole nother something is going to happen. And that's super exciting. That is super exciting. Yeah. It feels like we're building and suffering and working and digging right now. But I think that honestly, the more challenging that creative processes or that thing that we're trying to achieve is it makes the summit that much sweeter. So sometimes the mm -hmm. most challenging moments in my life, I know it's just going to be that much sweeter on the other side. And I completely agree. How we do life is how we do life. There's, you know, not really the separation between business and personal life. We like to pretend that it's there, but the reality <laughs> is, is that, you know, how we are in our personal life shows up in our business life. And so we have to make sure that we are showing up as the best version of ourselves and we're in that space of joy and we have that quiet in our mind and we're leading others by example. So I love that. So Erin, you identified as a movement leader. I'd love for you to tell the listeners about a movement that you've built. So I'm actually in the process of building that movement and it is around this anxiety, addiction, peace, and overwhelm. Um, I think, you know, 
as much as everybody would like to think, oh, the COVID, oh, the political, oh, the injustices and all those things, these are just opportunities for us to use what we know, the tools that we have to be strong in, in our, you know, re-knowing of ourselves. Um, and for those that are having a difficult time, this is that opportunity that's saying, okay, you know, it's, it's always going to be something. The one guarantee that we have in life is that life is changing all the time. And so why not learn those pieces of resiliency now? Why not learn those tools and strategies now? This anxiety piece is really about, one of the things I wanted to talk about was I recognized through that counseling process that the anxiety, so you were talking about summit. So I kept thinking, I'll tell you, the anxiety disorder got so difficult that I really hold myself up in my apartment for about a year. Um, I was um, extremely afraid to go outside, um, to go and do just even the things that you absolutely have to do, buy food. <laughs> you know, I would have to go through all these rituals just to get outside, to drive the car, to do all the things. And, um, and my life became very narrow. But what I recognized through that counseling process was that you know, the anxiety kept getting worse and worse and worse. I had to quit my job and, um, and the symptoms just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And then they topped out. I mean, they were bad. Obviously, I'm holding myself up in my apartment. But on the other side of that anxiety, when I did finally begin to get relief, there was nothing there. All of that anxiety was a defense mechanism to hold on to something that I thought was going to be some big aha on the other end. And the reality is, is there was nothing there. There was no big surprise. Oh, maybe I had, you know, hidden some trauma back in my brain that I just wasn't willing to acknowledge. No, there was literally nothing there. So I got to the top of the most amount of anxiety I could deal with. And when I got to the other side, there was nothing or nobody there. And so what I want to say is as debilitating as anxiety and overwhelm can feel, it really is a signal for something else. It's not about that. It's not about suffering. It's not about, it is the wanting to hold on to something to protect the deepest part of you. And that dissonance is what's creating the anxiety. So um, know that if you are in that place at the moment and you're struggling, there is another way. It's not easy. It is simple, but it's not easy. And it requires practice because to get to this state, you have been practicing this way. And now you're going to need to practice a different way. Yeah, no, that's powerful for sure. And it does take time. It does take diligence. And that's also a good point that sometimes on the other side of what we're trying to release, there can be nothing. And it could just be because we're resisting something and having trouble letting go. And, and the letting go process is oftentimes the most difficult piece. But when we let go, it actually releases something energetically, spiritually, physically, so we can then have space for what we are trying to create, what we do want to create that's going to be a more joyous lifestyle. So I'm excited to see that movement you're building around releasing anxiety. So Erin, what are some of the pillars to building a movement that catches fire for this movement you're visualizing and building? I think, you know, we've talked about it without maybe even saying, well, we've talked about it a little bit. I think it's really about when you are fully in alignment with what it is. You know, the first time I taught um, the Infinite Possibilities workshop, it was crazy because I had, you know, put together, written out everything I was going to say and had all the, you know, syllabus and everything. And when I stood in front of the class, um, within a few minutes, I had ditched my notes. It, it was a culmination of everything that I had learned, 
on my own through other people, just all like flooded in. It was a synergy of all of that happening at once. And when those moments happen, that's the pillar to any movement is when you are so in alignment with, and there is no going back, right? There's no way that I can live my life the way I used to. There's no way that I could knowing what I know now, you know, there's, there's so this life is so incredibly beautiful and there's every moment matters and um you know the pillars to moving anything forward are really about when you are so clear in what it is that your purpose is um people just get it even if they don't even if it's not verbally you know we're just we're all energetic people beings and we're you know sort of throwing energy out there all the time you know and that sounds woo woo, but the reality is, is, you know, when you're around somebody negative that it doesn't feel good. So you can't not claim that energy is a thing. You know, you know, when somebody's being super up and positive and that feels good and you want to be around it. And so, you know, when you are so in alignment with your purpose and you find that sweet spot where you're clear that that your message is the one that is going to resonate with, you know, what, who your tribe. And I truly believe that everybody, like everyone has a purpose here. Um, everybody has their own gift that they have to give to this world. And it's unique to each person because of your history and who you are in your essence and all of that. And so, yeah, the pillars look like when you know you're in your purpose and you are so deeply aligned with it and so on purpose and in purpose all the time, then um, that attracts to you the people that are meant to be working with you. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. The more clear you are, the more you're walking that talk, the more you show up, the easier it is to gain momentum and building a movement that's going to catch fire quickly. So with that, how do you gain trust, support, and buy-in for your movement? I think when you are so, you know, totally aligned and authentic, when you are just, you know, like, do I have all the answers for all the people? Um, Absolutely not. (laughs) Right. I mean, I couldn't, you know, and that's one of the things I loved about Mike Dooley was, you know, he was never proprietary about us teaching his work. Because he said, you know, you are going to speak to uh, certain people that I won't be able to, they won't be able to hear me, you know, and that's the thing. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the excitement comes when we see in somebody else what it is that we want to attain, you know, like you said, walking the walk, you know, doing all this stuff. Like, you know, my morning, I used to just hop out of bed and, you know, I've always been a super up person anyway. <laughs> like I love the mornings, get a lot done. Um, to slow my morning down to do all these rituals of things was not something that was in my MO. But, um, you know, as we talked about before, when we, we set up our day for success like that, there's no stopping the day from being like absolutely amazing. And I usually go, like, I go on a walking meditation with my dog every morning and I listen to meditation music and I am often brought to tears of joy through that because I've had this incredibly moving experience. And I think that's, um, what gets people excited is, you know, and I think, you know, again, getting back to the energy, it's like, you know, what vibration are you at? You know, where are you, how are you bringing it to the world? And people feel that they, you know whether it's my Instagram posts, my videos or whatever, like there, um, that's what I was sort of like in tears of joy over this morning, a friend of mine, um, had shared a video and was like, Oh my gosh, this was so inspiring. I really needed to hear that. And like how honored I am that I get to like, you know, share what's truly matters to me. And it means something to somebody else. Like how awesome is that? Don't we all want to feel like that? Yeah, absolutely. I think we all want that. That's truly success in this lifetime. So Aaron, can you share a story, an inspiring story tied to your movement? 
Um, this may be a less exciting story, but um, a client of mine, um, you know, he really, uh, when I met him, super uptight, you know, all the things that were just like me, <laughs> right? So all the, you know, running around and getting angry and, um, you know, this sort of attitude of like, you know, uh, a lot of people like to say this, oh, that's just common sense, you know, and he would just always spout off about like common, like, you know, it's common sense. My employee didn't do this thing and it's common sense. And getting him to understand that it isn't common sense, there is no such thing as common sense. It's like, what is, you know, what's in the realm of what you understand is very different to each person. And when you allow somebody to see that path to understanding that my way is not, you know, common sense or right, that their way is not common sense or right, that we all have our own paths and are able to um, navigate them as best as we can and are all really doing the best that we can with all that we know and, and all our experiences so getting him, you know, having him come back to me and say, oh my gosh, I had this experience where, you know, my employee totally did the wrong thing. And instead of me flying off the handle or getting upset or, you know, saying that's common sense, what I did was I went back to me, you know, I took personal responsibility and said, where did I not, you know, tell them the right information so they could do the right thing or, um, or he had a personal experience where he showed up and there was a confusion and there was no place for him to stay. And there, um, and the lady, you know, because of, because he didn't overreact, she, um, the Airbnb person, uh, went ahead and got them another place and comped them their stay. And, you know, things like that. It's, it's little, but to somebody who is being in reaction all the time, to when you shift you and how you come in this world and the energy that you put out in this world and everybody shifts because of that, that's fascinating to see. And I think that's a super win, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you say that's a simple story, but it's very powerful. So when we show up and we respond versus react and we're from a place of compassion versus reaction and defensiveness or anger, it, it's so true things that experiences that typically in the past would be belligerent or challenging or negative or resulting in conflict result in the opposite experience where the person wants to help you because you're showing up with compassion and joy and responding versus reacting and people can sense that and then they want to help you because you're being nice and it's just it's so different and it's simple but not simple like it's simple but hard to do and very empowering once you have a couple of these small experiences because it opens your whole world up for opportunity. So I love that. It's beautiful. So Erin, this has been great. We're going to dive into our lightning round of questions. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's your favorite book? Uh, it's between A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle and The Seed of the Soul, Gary Zukov. Love it. What networking or community group do you love the most? Um, what do I love the most? Um, I, you know, of course, I'm drawn to Mike Dooley because I, I uh, have, you know, firsthand experience with him and he's amazing. Uh, I love his stuff. I also, anything that has to do with Eckhart Tolle, um, he is definitely, we are on the same path and I am hundred percent in on all that he believes. Awesome. What's the best piece of advice you would share with others today? Um, if you can separate yourself from what's you believe is happening, um, the experience that you'll have in this life is, you know, because whatever's happening is going to happen regardless. And the thing you control control is you. And so if you can at least separate yourself to give your time, give yourself some time and space to uh, see what it is you're actually experiencing versus being in reaction. I think that's, that's huge. Okay. And if you could share one message with the world, what would that be? 
this life is beautiful. We are meant to be in joy at all times, all throughout our day, every day and every experience. And the sooner we can stop resisting that, um, the happier we'll all be. Mm, I love that. Stop resisting joy. Okay. My last question, what's the legacy that you wish to leave behind? If I can impact, you know, just anybody in having a better experience in this life and, you know, show my, uh, daughter that life is meant to be joyful and that, um, uh, you know, abundance and all the, um, beautiful experiences that we have come from that place, come from the allowing of what is to be versus the wanting things to look a certain way. If I can leave that legacy with her and her generation, wow, what a wonderful place this would be. Absolutely. I hold that vision with you. That's a beautiful vision for this world. So Erin has been very generous. She has a free Get Traction phone consultation that you can book with her. I will have that link in the show notes. I also will have a link to her website, her Instagram, and her Facebook so you can follow or reach out to Erin directly if you need support around anxiety or getting traction. Erin, anything else you'd like to add on that? I just want to thank you for having me on here. These are the conversations that I love to have. This is what life is about here. Thank you for um, creating a platform for people to um, experience conscious evolution, which I believe is, is uh, where we're all headed. And uh, the sooner we can get there, the more um, joy we can create in this uh, experience now. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you here on the platform. So for our listeners, I look forward to seeing you next week on the show. Thank you for joining the show today. I hope you were inspired. More importantly, I hope you take action. What is one thing you can do in this moment that will inspire someone? Without action, nothing changes. Be the change you wish to see in the world. If this show truly inspired you, we ask that you share it through your network. Help us spread the light and inspiration in the world. I look forward to seeing you here next week.